Today's episode is brought to you by Positively Productive Systems, whose mission is to be the antidote to your stress and to provide compassionate productivity resources and coaching that help you heal and achieve. Be sure to check out both free and paid resources at PositivelyProductive.com resources. I want you to take this one concept in mind is not that you're getting rid of things, but that you are making space to be used in a particular way that you know will change how you feel, how you show up, what you do. If there are things that you're looking for in your life, you want to show the world and yourself, I have space for it. So that means that there are some things that you've kept that you can bless and release, right? That you can honor and say, you mattered to me. And that was an important part of my life, but that's not part right now. And I can release it, maybe bless someone else. You're listening to the Positively Living Podcast. I'm your host, Lisa Zarotny, founder of Positively Productive Systems and a coach certified in time and stress management, helping overwhelmed clients make space for what matters. Join me each episode as we explore ways to live a more proactive, productive life with topics and guests that speak to simplifying, self-awareness, systems, and so much more. I understand overwhelm personally as a fellow multi-passionate entrepreneur, wife and mom to kids and cats, and former caregiver. I'm here to help you choose what's right for you so you can do less, live more, and breathe easier. Sound good? Let's get to it. Welcome to the Positively Living Podcast. I'm your host, Lisa, and today we're bringing back the Strategy Call episode with my special guest client, Katie Henson, who lives a multi-passionate life and is struggling to find time for everything she loves and needs. Katie's an obliger, per Gretchen Rubin's Four Tendencies, and she's an entrepreneur, so she has a lot on her plate. As we begin the episode, you'll see how she wants to manage her time better and create a better morning routine for her energy. However, as we talk about developing those habits, keeping her personality and tendencies in mind, we uncover a big culprit for much of her struggles, clutter. It's a reminder of how much our environment impacts our ability to perform tasks and how even the presence of it can cause us stress and keep us from our goals. In our session today, we came up with small ways she can adjust her day to reach her goals, and we talk about simple ways to approach the clutter that is in the way. This session runs the gamut from personality assessment and habit development to strategizing which spaces to clear and how. We cover setting limits, using outer accountability and timers, and understanding the true cost of clutter and how the sunk cost fallacy traps us. If clutter is something you're challenged by, you'll want to check out a number of other episodes, including episode 154 on reverse decluttering, 145 on how decluttering is self-care, 140 on decluttering your mind in one simple step, and one of the very first episodes, number two, on decluttering with my simple system framework. If you want to find all the episodes on decluttering, head to positivelyproductive.com slash podcast and type clutter in the search bar. We covered a good bit today in a short amount of time, and I'm curious, what was your biggest takeaway? If this episode resonated, I would be honored if you would share it with someone you think could use this information and leave a review for the podcast. 
If you need more support surrounding this topic or any that you've heard on the podcast, reach out and let's connect. You can find different ways to do so at positivelyproductive.com connect. Now let's jump into a live coaching session with Katie to help her make the most of her multi-passionate life. Welcome Katie Henson to the Positively Living Podcast. You and I connected online, bonding over living a multi-passionate life and you raised your hand to say, I would love some support and help with this. So I'm delighted to bring you on today for another coaching episode. So welcome. Thank you for having me. Katie, I'd love it if you would start by sharing a bit about who you are, you know, what multi-passionate life looks like for you or what you want it to look like and what your challenge is right now, what I can help you with. Okay, so I am an entrepreneur and I clean houses for a living. I've been doing that for, I want to say seven, but I think it's been closer to nine years. Uh, I started in November of 2014, and I made it all the way through the dark ages with COVID. And I was very fortunate to still be having my business. Currently, though, I've taken on five new customers, so I'm trying to balance that. I also have three cats. So that keeps me very busy when I'm at home. And then I also play the piano, the harmonica, and the bass. So I'm trying to balance all of that. And I'm finding myself lost at times. And I want to establish some kind of morning routine that gives me more energy for my day and can wake up with that morning zest, <laughs> as they say. And that's about it, I think. I think that's a great start. And what you hit upon is so important for anything that we want to achieve. When we create routines, which then have the basis of them in habits, that's going to help us move forward, getting what we need, being energized. And I think what we'll do is we'll explore a little bit in the way of energy in terms of what you can be doing physically, but also how you can incorporate some of the things that you love. Because I really believe that energy management comes as much from doing things that we're passionate about and that we love as it is from the things that you would expect in terms of rest and nutrition and stuff like that. Absolutely. Yeah. One of the things that you did for me ahead of time, which I really appreciate was a few assessments, which is very much in line with how I work with all my clients. We have to get to know you a little bit. And one of them is called the big five or the ocean. And it's a sliding scale of things relating to openness, conscientiousness, being an extrovert, or the percentage of extroversion, if you will. So it's a sliding scale from extroversion to introversion. Agreeableness, the last one, the N is neuroticism. And I think that throws people because it sounds like such a negative thing, but it only means that you're you know, have a tendency toward maybe being a bit more anxious or a bit more careful, or maybe even more so toward worrying. And we can all have all of those things. But when we take the test, we get a snapshot of where we are in that point. And I have to say that your openness, you know, agreeableness are both very high. And I'm not surprised being here today and talking tells me you're like, I want to look for opportunities and ideas and ways that I can better myself. The neuroticism, that was 48%. That's like, you know, right in the middle. It's normal worry. What I did notice is that the 
conscientiousness, and I want us to be really careful with these words. They used specific words in these tests. They don't always mean what they think we mean. It doesn't mean you are not a conscientious person at all. It has to do with how you work with applying consistency and routines and habits. And that one was the slight outlier, again, right in the middle. Means you probably do it, but maybe you struggle a little. So I wanted to start with that and ask you, how do you feel about your attempts to establish routines, to have habits that serve you? Where are you with all that? I am like all in or totally forget about it. There's no like consistency. The only thing I can stay consistent with is when I go to someone's house to clean it. I always clean it the same way so that they're always satisfied, right? But once I'm on my own, I'm just like, well, I could do this or I could do that. And then I start overwhelming myself. Sometimes things don't get done at my house. And then I try to make like a list and check it off and that'll work for a while. But then, I don't know, I just quit doing it or life happens. I'm like, oh, okay, trying to balance everything just in my mind. And then, yeah, so there's no consistency at home. <laughs> okay, well, there you go. And one of the things that you touched upon is the perfect segue into another one of the assessments that I had you do. I love using the four tendencies. We've talked about this a lot on the podcast, especially in other coaching episodes, because it speaks to your expectations and how you show up. Some go more for outer expectations, some more for inner. And again, anywhere that we rank, this is not good or bad. It is not necessarily saying that you do or don't show up for people or or anything like that. It's giving you a hint as to what your tendency is. And so yours is obliger. I love working with obligers because this means that you need the outer accountability in order to make it happen. And you have illustrated this beautifully. When you go to clean other people's houses, right? You know, your work, you take great pride in what you do. You love to serve others, right? You love to help and you want them to be satisfied. So you show up, you get the work done. Right. That's outward. Okay, so we have the obligers, the questioners, the rebels, and the upholders. So upholders, inner and outer expectations are pretty equal. Frequently type A personality, they can say yes, they can say no. They, they kind of have a good balance there. Rebels are like, please, you can't tell me what to do. I can't tell me what to do. <laughs> so they have to go for a deeper motivation regarding like a bigger movement or bigger purpose. Uh, the questioners, I happen to be that completely inner expectation where I'm like, I'll comply if you tell me why. I have to understand it. And the obligers, which are about 70% of the population are, okay, you can count on me and I'm counting on you to count on me. In other words, that outer expectation will make you show up. So the more that we can find ways to create some form of outer expectation for you, the better. So let's talk a bit about the morning routine and what you've tried or what gets in the way of it. So when I wake up in the morning, the first thing I do is I take a shower and I feed my cats. I only leave myself like an hour to get ready. So I'm like, okay, 20 minutes in the shower, take care of the cats, make yourself food, my towels and my cleaning stuff's all ready. 
And then I just go out the door and it's like, well, I should be getting up. I should be like maybe drinking some water or having some tea or some kind of fluids and then like stretching and, you know, cause I just go to work and I'm, I'm not stretched out and it's pretty much a workout. Like you wouldn't go to the gym and just start lifting weights, you know? So I've tried like a yoga tape that I can just put in and roll the mat out. Sometimes when I try to do that, though, it turns into like kitty yoga and I have my cat like climbing all on me and I'm afraid she'll like crawl up my mat and stuff. So I think that kind of stops me. So I need a space where there's like no pets. So that goes back to working on organizing my house better and I just get overwhelmed. (laughs) Okay, let's start very quickly with that side of it, of having a space to do these things. Is there a space that you can think of that could work where you could, in fact, close the door, despite the fact that it will offend the kitties? I understand this, but sometimes you have to do that. Do you have a space that could work? I have a space in the basement. Yeah, it has doors on it. And what is blocking you right now, physically or otherwise, with carving out a spot in the basement where you could do this? I'm a little bit of a hoarder. I'm an organized hoarder. It's not like pathways through your home or like stacked to the ceiling, but everything's in a tote. But the space for the totes is full. I need to get rid of things. I have a hard time letting go of things. I was also an only child, so. I thought by now I'd have like a huge community and like a boyfriend and like a kid and like a wife. And I have my house and my cats and my job. So I'm almost there. (laughs) But I feel like the more I work on myself, the more of those things might come. And, you know, to this point, Katie, our expectations can, they can mess with us a bit, right? They can really poke at us and keep us from feeling satisfied. So I want to encourage you to think of what you have accomplished the fact that you are an entrepreneur and that you're an entrepreneur who kept a business going through this pandemic. That's huge. That's to be celebrated. You are a multi-passionate. You are reaching out to other people. You are wanting to connect and to create, right? So that's a start. Are there things that are blocking you? Yeah. And so that's where my philosophy of making space for what matters comes in. If you think that this space in the basement really has potential, not just because it's a closed door, but if you were to move things out of the way, would that space work? Is there enough light? Does it feel good if items were to be moved? I believe so. My parents are actually on vacation right now. And then when they come back, they're going to put a final flooring. Mm-hmm. they're going to lay that down. And then after that, then I could use the space. Okay. And so with that in mind, this is a whole nother episode, right? If we talked about the actual decluttering part, but I want you to take this one concept in mind is not that you're getting rid of things, but that you are making space to be used in a particular way that you know will change how you feel, how you show up, what you do. If there are things that you're looking for in your life, You want to show the world and yourself, I have space for it. Like if you want people to come over, you want to have space for them to come over. Or if you want room to stretch and to prepare for the day so that you show up differently for it, you're making space for that. So that means that there are some things that you've kept that you can bless and release, right? That you can honor and say, you mattered to me. 
And that was an important part of my life, but that's not part right now. And I can release it, maybe bless someone else. So I would encourage you to think of it that way and then go a bit at a time. And I can definitely give you some support. I have a simple system framework and a there's a, a fantastic workbook that I have on that. So we'll uh, we'll set that aside for now, but keep in mind that that will be your purpose. And also, if there's someone, now I noticed you mentioned, you know, connecting with your mom a good bit. Is she someone who would ever like come over and stretch with you or maybe be a good accountability partner for you? She definitely would. Yeah. Okay. So if you could do that, then you would be playing into, I need to make space for, and then, you know, you, you answer, right. That question. And that gives the obliger in you, right. That tendency to, to need to show up for someone else. If you know, she's going to be showing up to stretch with you or that she's going to be expecting you to check in and say, I stretched this morning. I've done that on Voxer with my friends before, where even if we can't do the thing together, like one of the things I'm always challenged with is showing up on social media and doing specific engagement and stuff like that for my business. So what we'll do is we'll say, all right, you need to get this thing done today and message by the end of the day and say, I did it. And they're counting on me to let them know that I did it. Right. That's a good idea. Yeah. Okay. So I would say definitely use your mom and you're, you're chatting with her, updating her on stuff all the time. Anyhow, engage her in this way where you can either check in with each other or she can actually come and do some of these things with you. The other idea that popped up is because they're out of town and you have a different space to work in, you could practice a couple of these habits, right? Uh, I would say stretching and hydration, keep it nice and simple. Do you have, I don't want to assume, a door on your bedroom that you could close? The bedroom needs to like kind of be emptied a little bit. There's not a lot of space. I have okay. my desk in there and then there's stuff on the desk and then there's stuff I need to shred and then there's, yeah. That's fine. I could maybe do it out on my deck now that it's summer. Ooh, I love that idea. Yeah. And of course, in nature, that adds to it. The idea is that you want to have the smallest step of a habit to make it easy to do and also even make it easy to do in almost any space where you don't need room to move. And I'll tell you too that on YouTube, there are some great quick stretching videos that you can find and you can even type in seven minute stretching video and I promise you, you will find one that goes with that. So put in the parameters that you need. You can even put in, there's exercises for small space. I've needed that for a while. For years, I actually had my office in the corner of my bedroom. I called it my corner office. <laughs> and I had so little room to work, to do any kind of video exercise videos, which I love to do. So you can put in the parameters. It can be small space. It could be, you know, the number of minutes that you want to do. It could be five minutes, or you can pick three stretching exercises or five, something simple. When I throw out those ideas, what sounds like really doable? Like you're like, oh, I could do that. That'd be easy. I just know for myself that if it's not like with my bass guitar, right? Mm -hmm. It's over here in this corner. It's hard to get to. I have to bend over my couch to turn on the thing. And like, it needs to be more like I can just grab it. So like when I had it over near the door, 
when you first walked in, it's like, oh, there it is. So I need to actually move it back over there now that I'm thinking about what you said. That totally makes sense. Light bulb. Yes. <laughs> if it's super hard to like get to something, or it just needs to be set up. Like it needs to be set up. There needs to be nothing around it. It needs to be ready to go. Otherwise, it's just like, uh, and then I just don't do it. Exactly. And when you want to create a habit, it has to be that easy step that, oh, that feels doable, not exactly what you just described. Oh, I have to go over there and I have to pull it out. And then the odds are you won't do it even if deep down in your heart, you totally want to play it. So you're absolutely right. That will be one thing that you want to move the base. Now, what about the, well, harmonica is easy. That's nice, right? And you could keep it together actually. But when it comes to skill acquisition, so there's two things at play. One is that you're practicing these things, hopefully, you know, wanting to get better at them, but it's also practicing them because you love them because it's energy giving, right? So sometimes it's not a matter of, oh, am I practicing and am I getting better? And is there progress? But more the love of the journey and saying, I did this today and it boosted my energy. So wherever you can adjust your environment to make it easier to do the thing, do that. But right now, because you also have an environment that is packed full, while you are making that space, you want to be able to find simple habits that you can do in the space that you have. So I love your idea of saying, hey, I have a deck when it's nice weather, I do that. Then the next place will be if you can find one spot, whether it's in your bedroom or, you know, in the corner of the living room, wherever it can be, it's literally a little corner. And if you have to take the stuff that's there and move it and stack it someplace else for you to go through at another time, that's fine too. Because what we're trying to do literally is carve out a space physically, mentally, and on your calendar to do these habits that will give to you. Right. Yeah. Cause I'm, I'm empty cause I'm not even doing the things that I like to do. Exactly. So figuring out where that can be. Yes. To the stretching, to the hydration on the deck, taking a moment. What's really cool about that is you can even add in setting an intention for the day while you're out there. What a beautiful space to do that. But you can also do that on a rainy day when you can't be out there in another spot that you carve out. So I think one of your main focuses right now is to pick a spot. And I want you to remember that when we are reorganizing our space, when we are trying to make these changes, sometimes we can't start right where we want to end up. Not just conceptually with like habits, but also physically in space. Like you may think the basement will be your best bet ultimately, but that may be a bigger project. So look around and this is where that, what's the easiest thing that you could do to start moving the needle forward? What's the low hanging fruit, if you will? Where in your current space, despite the fact that you have stuff around you, could you take some boxes or bins or papers or things or an extra chair or whatever it is? And move that someplace else to start this little corner, this little niche, if you will, and create that space that you need. Can you think of one as I'm describing this? 
I could possibly do it in my living room. There's enough space on the floor and I could throw the ottoman on the couch. There you go. Or if it's movable, right? You know, a lot of times we move the coffee table and then move it back over, move the ottoman. And for stretching and for doing things that you need to do, you don't need a lot of space to do that. But you do need to be in the right space. And what I mean by that is that you feel as though this is a good place to be when I do this. So when you say, hmm, I could do this in the living room, what would need to be done and how does that feel for you? Well, I need to actually start in the living room because I have acquired a lot of records and I recently learned how to clean them. And so I thought I could clean them and then listen to them. And then if I like it, keep it. If I don't, either give it away or sell it. And then the next step, I guess, would be to clear off my dining room table that has all my stuff that needs to be filed. But the reason it's not filed is because I need to shred within the file thing. So it's just like time consuming, right? Like I'll be filing all day. And then I just remembered, actually, we have like Elks Lodge here. Mm -hmm. I think they're doing an annual shredding this month. So next time I drive by, I need to check the sign and then get all that together. And that would be way easier. There are definitely a lot of options. There's also options. I know even places like Staples, they'll charge you for it, but it can be a good option. You want to think too about, I mean, obviously I'm all for safety and shredding. We want to be so incredibly careful with our information. But also, too, you are looking to open up space and to do it as quickly as possible and find ways to make it easier for you. So with the records, I would definitely have to ask if you need to go through each of them and you need to like, what's the least amount of work that you could do before you bring them to a place to maybe in a bulk collection that they make you an offer or something like that? What kind of due diligence would you really need to do and how much space is it taking up? So that's one thing to consider. The second part with the table and the files, you already hit upon something super important. For starters, if you have a filing system already and those things need to be shredded, you can pull those out and put those in a special bag or bin that's dedicated for shredding and then go ahead and do the filing. So that's one thing. The second thing that I would ask is, how many files do you have and do they need to be filed that precisely? Basically, it's my bills. Mm -hmm. So it needs to be like, I already have a system where I keep them in an envelope for each month. Okay. But I need to put those envelopes into something so that they're not stacked on my table. Excellent. Okay, great. Then you already have the system in place. That's awesome. Okay. So what I would say is take what you need to shred out and bag that. And then would you be able to quickly file what you have once you do that? I could do that today. Yeah. If you did that today, that one shift, you would already clear off the table. Then the next thing you want to do is double check, even check online about the shredding. And you'll have that taken care of today after we hop off here. And that will be done. Suddenly, the dining room table is empty. And then... Maybe that's where you can set, I don't know how many records that you have that you're dealing with, but then you could do the records next, move that over. Now it really sounds like you're starting to make space, which is amazing. How does it feel when you start to think of like taking these dominoes down as we're talking about them? It feels good. Yeah. Now, if you were to 
get this set, and that's one thing that you can absolutely accomplish today. Removing the shredded items, putting them into a bag, filing the stuff, and then finding out about shredding. Because then that goes on your calendar, and you don't have to think about that until you're reminded by your calendar to go do the thing. If you were to do that, could you move the records onto the table? There's many of them. I have, see, this is what happened. My, we got like five inches of rain in one hour. And so my basement flooded a little bit. Mm-hmm. And my friend had just happened to come over and we like yanked the records up off the floor. And that's what like sparked. I better do something. They could have been gone and ruined. And I would have never known what I had. And so. I just want to kind of like go through them and make a list. If it's really a record I need to keep, keep it. If not, if it's worth nothing, then I guess just take it to a resale shop. But if it's worth something, then I want to, I want to get money for it if it's worth something. Right. And depending upon your financial situation, I can also understand a desire to do that. It does need to be balanced with the amount of time and energy that you have. I'm curious if you were to flip through them. And find ones in particular that you're like, I would really like to keep this. And you made that collection and then you took the rest to a reseller and had them make you an offer or took pictures and indicated what you have or something like that. Like I could see you taking some time to make an inventory and quickly, you know, jotting down what it is that you have. But uh, what would you say to collecting a small section that you want to keep? And then taking the rest and having them make you an offer. I would be okay. But there's also a part of me too. I've been stuck wanting to get new songs. So I was like, if I go through my records, then I can catalog new new songs too. But it's going to be time consuming. Does that feel like where you want to spend your time right now? I guess not. I'm not here to convince you of that, by the way. That's not me doing the lawyer thing where I'm like, I'm asking a question and I know what the answer is. Not at all. Because if you say the answer and you're like, yeah, I do, then that changes how you prioritize. I guess maybe I have to set limits because Mm -hmm. I'm the kind of person, once I start doing it, I want to go, 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 go till it's done. And like, I'm going to have to set a limit of like five records to go through a day or something. Right. Exactly. So. There are things that you can chip away at, right? And this is an example of a type of habit along these lines that um, I have done, which is I wanted to get through a book and I felt like I had no time to do it. And I would say, okay, five pages a day. And it doesn't sound like much, but um, Schoolhouse Rock taught us five, 10, 15, 20, you know, we're counting by fives. Suddenly, you know, five days in the week, take the weekends off and you're still up to 25, right? You've still gone through a lot. So I do think this idea of setting a limit. First, I wanted to understand if it was important enough for you to go through and how much you needed to do. You wanted to establish how necessary this is before you figure out how to approach it. And that's an important time management tip, right? Is that we want to know if we're spending our time in the right way to begin with, and then we can figure out how to manage ourselves and that time. So this sounds like it's something important. Yes, let's create a chip away and keep this in mind. We're starting at the beginning of the day. You already have a morning routine in place. 
involving, you know, getting up and having brekkie and feeding the cats. So you and your cats are both having brekkie. We talked about you checking in with your mom and doing some stretching or water, or at the very least, the two of you texting or messaging or calling real quick and being like, you drinking your water, you doing your stretches. Great. I want you to come up with like the simplest, like we're talking five minutes. We're talking like a cup or two of water, any way you want it. It doesn't matter. It could be sparkling. It can have lemon in it. It doesn't have to be specific or fancy or over the top. It has to count as water. (laughs) That's it. And then stretching for five minutes. And it can be anything. It can be, gee, I remember this from calisthenics in school. I'm going to like stretch my, you know, I don't want to pull a hammy. I'm going to stretch my calves. I do stretching as I go up and down the stairs. Like, you know, so however you want to do it, but in that space in the living room sounds good and or on the deck right now. So while you're working on the living room, you have the deck and then you know you're going to work your way back in. That is what you're adding to the morning routine. Now we need to talk about two more places that you can add in things that are important to you. One is when and for how long can you do a little music time, like playing your bass? And also when and for how long can you do something like going through the records? When you come home from work, is that doable? Or are you absolutely shot and drained? I was actually thinking about getting lessons because my teacher would be like, this your practice, right? Instead of like just teaching myself. 100%, yes. Okay, and the idea of having someone that will check on you, that that accountability, that's definitely an important part of this. I don't know why I need that so much. I think it's because I was an only child. Maybe now that's just why I am the way I am, but. There are so many reasons. Again, how much time do we have, right? (laughs) But I think the most important thing about this tendency is understanding it and leaning into it. I do think that paying very close attention to why you're doing something and if it matters to you and why. So when I asked you certain questions today and you'd be like, I could do it versus yeah, or I could do this. You want to pay attention to that energy as you're responding because you want the stuff that's like the hell yes and not the, eh, you know, because as soon as it's an, eh, (laughs) that's not passion driven. So I do love the idea of the lesson. But I also want to keep in mind like the timing that you're doing with this. When you come back from work, let's say, and you have a moment to regroup, maybe, you know, again, hydrate, that sort of thing. Think about setting a very small amount of time to do something like go through the records and then practice your base. And the reason I say it in that order is because we want to keep it again set a timer, do a small amount, like maybe 10 minutes, right? Use a timer. Why didn't I think of that? That's what I used to do when I was a teacher with the kids. Oh, you know timers well then. When you're that close to it, it can be a challenge. So take that timer, set a timer for 10 minutes or 15, whatever feels good. But I usually say start with something small, like 10 or 15, that feels doable. And do the records first. It'll be enjoyable. It does relate to music, but it's also a task that you're trying to get through. And then practice the bass with the idea that, yes, you're practicing maybe toward a lesson that you're taking. But since you don't have lessons just yet, 
it will be practicing toward playing again, that familiarity, being in that space, that musical space that you know what I'm talking about when you're a musician and you stop the world for a minute and you have that. I want you to think of that as a reward and as a way to energize yourself. And so it's a reward also for doing a task like taking care of the the records. All we're talking about today to start is tweaking that morning routine a little bit with the accountability. You already have a morning routine, so you're really anchoring onto that, tweaking it just a little bit. And then when you get home, you're doing a task. The records are the one that we're talking about. And then eventually the records will be done and you can shift another task that you need to get at, like decluttering or going through other papers or whatever. You can put that in its place. My idea for the basement is open a tote. If it's a holiday tote, put it in the shed. Mm -hmm. And then all the holiday totes will be in the shed. That has smaller amounts to go through in the basement. And then I can do like one tote a day or one tote every other day. And then I was thinking of doing marketplace too, if I came across something that maybe I could sell, but. I don't know. It's like such a struggle between like, I've kept this thing for so long. If I can make money, I want to make money. If not, then I can let it go to goodwill. But it's just like taking the time, right? To find out if the thing is worth anything. So as we wrap this up, it is, I think, so important that I bring up a concept that you are connecting with here. And when you're saying, I'm torn, this is why. There's something called the sunk cost fallacy. And it's this idea that I purchased this, I've had it for a long time, I've stored it, it's valuable, and I want to get that value back. Now, this can also be like value as in I've spent time, like you've started a project and then you no longer do it and it's hard to give it up. It's hard to give it up because there's so many things attached to it. Sometimes shame and guilt, frustration, sometimes grief that your life has changed and it's something that you can't do anymore. There's so many reasons. Sunk cost fallacy probably is more in line with the, I want to sell it because I think it has some value. And I can understand when we are in a financial situation where we need to be bringing an income that that's important. But I also want to remind you, when you have the space to have the right habits that energize you and to do the things that you love, you're also going to show up differently. Your ability to take on another client, your ability to actually make more money will increase when you have the proper space to work in, when you can have the habits that you want to have and need to have. So there's actually a stronger correlation than even though I want to offer so much value to the idea of living well and having peace, I wish we would value that more. I can also say that there's a strong correlation between making that space and then being able to bring in the income that you were thinking maybe this stuff would. It's something to consider. And it really is an exchange because the bottom line is you are paying for that stuff already. You're paying for it. You'd like to get value back for what you paid, but you continue to pay for it while it's in your space. And you have to figure out how much you're paying in your life. That makes sense. Yeah. And you can decide that. And in some cases, you'd be like, nope, that's really valuable. And I want to try to get something for it. But think about it. If you have 
you know, a hundred items and you go for 10% and you're like, I'm saving 10% to see if I can sell those. And I'm releasing 90 and blessing someone else. Think about how much easier that is. Like you said, when you start to break up a group, like take all the containers that are holiday related and move them out of the way. And then think about like, I'm going to keep one bin that will be related to stuff I really think is highly valuable and I'm going to give it a shot to sell. Great. You can totally do that. But it's the idea of thinking each and every time, how much is keeping this costing me? For a long time, I was keeping it because I was also a teacher for 13 years and I could use it in my classroom, but I'm not a teacher anymore. So now it's like, what if I give it away and then I become a teacher again? Or I don't know. I got to just suck it up. <laughs> you know, this is going to be your choice. I'm not one to say suck it up, but I will say this. There is a lot of faith involved in this to say, this is what I need right now. This is what I deserve right now. And if something changes in the future, then I trust that I will have the resources and I will find a way to get what I need at that time. Yeah, I love that. All right. On that note, I think that's an important place for us to wrap up because you don't want to do too much too soon. You don't want to do too much at once. You said in the beginning that there was you know, this all or nothing. So we're, we're breaking this down to just a little bit and you'll be amazed in a week, in two, in three of how much that just a little bit is going to do for you. Thank you so much for meeting with me today. You are so welcome. How do you feel? I feel way better. I feel like I can actually do something <laughs> on my day off instead of just lay around the house and ignore everything. <laughs> Just a little at a time. And when you think, oh, I set a timer for 10 minutes, you can plow through almost anything for 10 minutes and then do something fun. It's very doable. You absolutely got this. I will send you an update with what we discussed. I took notes. At this point, it's a matter of letting you go to take some action. So thank you so much, Katie, for sharing so fully today. And we look forward to an update. Thank you. Thank you for joining me today. Your time is precious and limited, and I'm honored you chose to spend it with me. If you have feedback, questions, or want to schedule a chat, head to positivelyproductive.com slash connect. And if you are looking for any of the resources referenced on the podcast, from books to products to training and more, go to positivelyproductive.com slash resources.